the Reverend Joshua Longbottom, and Valerie Miller-Coleman, organizers of Theology on Tap. Thank you very much for joining us here at Lawrence.com. Say hello. 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 You're welcome. First of all, give us a little background on this Theology on Tap. Um, how did it come about, and why do you think it's a good idea to discuss the Bible over booze? Valerie made me do it. She made me I do it. I ripped it out of the Catholics, like, and I, we, it's lowercase theology on lowercase tap, because it's actually a, a copyrighted title. Theology on tap is a Catholic uh, word, phrase. Wow. Stolen. Well, Fake it till you make it. <laughs> they, they do enjoy a drink or two, the Catholics. Um, but yeah. The uh, principle of that, yeah. the principle for the Catholics, the principle was to take the conversation about... Uh, you know, theological issues to the place where people have some of their best conversations, which would be at the bar over a pitcher, maybe, just to have some good talk about life. Well, why not have good talk about theology, too? So that's how they got started doing that, and it was wildly successful because people are not as intimidated to talk about their life and what they think about theological issues in a bar with a pitcher of beer in front of them. So... We have uh, sort of adapted the idea for use in uh, Lawrence, apart from the Catholic Church, although Catholics are welcome. Um, and we just uh, get together at Henry's upstairs Thursday evenings from 537 and talk about life. But we kind of, the thing is that it's based, we're both at Plymouth Congregational UCC, which is a fantastic church because it's a place where people are welcome to talk about whatever doubts, questions, issues that they have, any place that they are in life, they can bring it. You don't have to sign up for a certain kind of dogma. You don't have to sign up and say, well, I think that if you're gay, you're going to hell. In fact, we aim to be the go-to GLBT church in Lawrence, possibly in Douglas County, because that's what it is to be UCC. Given that, we're taking that kind of theology to the street in Lawrence through Theology on Tap. And uh, so far, we've had a really good response. Folks are interested in having that kind of conversation. We have more young adults coming to the church and needed a good way to be able to interact with the Bible, like on a personal basis that wasn't like, here are the rules that are being thrown at you. More like, so, yeah. You know, and so it's a, it's a place where we can have a conversation that brings the Bible into it that's not... not um, <laughs> The Holy Spirit just went yeah, through the, the podcast Holy studio. God. Every time I speak, it <laughs> the no, clouds <laughs> parted. <laughs> For those listening, uh, Josh has a very um, uh, dramatic cell phone. Uh, if, if you heard any of that whooshing it wind, sounds like a pillar of fire. No, it's wind. It, Josh, it's Josh's like- bush was burning. <laughs> It's so like if I'm like you know like speaking or in something and like the wind blows, <laughs> nobody knows it's my phone. Or they think that you just have a really horrible case of gas. <laughs> <laughs> you literally passed wind. You passed it. All right. Oh. Sidetrack. Uh, so, tangent. Uh, young people. Yes. Oh, uh, so I mean, we have young people coming to the church. We needed a Bible study that would that wouldn't be lecture based, wouldn't be rules based, that would be comfortable. For people to participate in. And so, I mean, that's how it is. That's like, what questions do you have? And then we have people there who are, you know, experts and have walked with the book. I mean, there's so Valerie has a Master's of Divinity. I have a Master's of Divinity. We have yeah. Paul Marecki has come to this thing, the pastor from First Presbyterian and uh, from First, First Methodist. 
my husband Ben is a, another theologian, Eastern religions. That's his thing. But you know, we get we get to mix it up, and it's good because I think it helps uh, sort out. Not that we are uh, sources of authority, but we have read sources of heavy thinking, at the very least, on biblical issues and can bring a perspective that you might not get from, you know, your average pastor in a church, which, you know what I mean? So it's if you are struggling with the Christian tradition or with no tradition and wondering what to do with scripture, which oftentimes can be really off-putting, it can be read in a way that is hurtful to people, the church traditions themselves can be really harmful for folks. Sometimes um, people have bad experiences. People are coming from perspectives where they've experienced nothing but garbage out of the church. And we have had the benefit of experiencing that that's not the case, that actually the Christian tradition can be revolutionary. It is fundamentally countercultural, and it is something that is an incredibly sharp tool for empowering people on the margins but is often not interpreted that way, especially because it's become the dominant religion in a culture that is heavily capitalist, consumerist, and imperial. So when Christianity becomes the new Roman faith, what does that mean for those of us who are looking for a way to revive the Christianity of those on the margins? So, And uh, you mentioned capitalism and uh, mm-hmm. imperialism. Speaking of Christmas... Yes, um, please. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, That's actually the topic this week at Theology on Tap. Which is very timely. Is uh, it really? Yeah. <laughs> you better brush up, buddy. Uh, which you're kind of, you know... I'm uh, familiar warming with up right now. Yeah. what Christmas <laughs> is. <Yeah. laughs> We're working uh, on it for a while. Uh, if you can, try to... Um, Talk about your mm-hmm. more progressive approach to religion and how that fits into this bizarre amalgamation of rampant consumerism and uh, ancient pagan holidays that is now what we consider to be a celebration of the birth of Jesus. What? <laughs> yeah, no kidding. It's a really weird one. Uh, Christmas is probably my least favorite holiday. Uh, not the least because it is jam-packed full of consumerist garbage. It has been, it is basically the icon of what it means to have a, a religion that's co-opted by capitalism and consumerism, and it, it makes me really uncomfortable. Uh, it, I love Christmas. <laughs> Every year, my mom gets me awesome things. We have like our best service of the year, which is like about joy, hope, and peace. And, like, emphasis on the peace, like, world peace, yeah. like, prince of peace, yeah. like, peace buddies, but then, <laughs> let's bring back some peace. So, like, even if it is, like, a, a joke in some sense, like, where no, people don't, a- no, even for some people, if it has nothing to do uh, with anything spiritual, they, they see their families, which I think is, like, a spiritual thing. You get, yeah. like, a chance to, like, renew those relationships. You also, yeah. also, at least the words are out there, you Yeah. Know? But don't you just about the feel possibility kind of, of peace? I mean, doesn't doesn't it? Don't you find it disconcerting that Christmas is such a co-opted garbage fest in so many levels? I just, I mean, I really, I don't like the music. Like uh, see, as far as like part. getting and giving <laughs> hey, things. Hey, like <laughs> Cheryl Crow just released a Christmas album. Really? What are you talking about? That's when that's when you know you're done. <laughs> that's, that's when that, you know you're that's done. When you, that's when you know you've reached the actual yeah. collapse of Western civilization. Yeah. You're like, oops, <laughs> yeah. oops, I did the Christmas album. <laughs> I really am done. 
<laughs> but you know what? Here's the thing. You mentioned about pagan like elements in the amalgam. Yeah. Uh, the pagan elements are actually my favorite ones, and I think they're the ones that we celebrate the <laughs> yeah. most in Advent. What, is, what exactly does putting lights on a tree have to do with the nativity? This. that <laughs> The idea is that yeah. the light has returned in the darkness, right? That the light of... Holy uh, cow, there is an answer to that. Yeah, no. That's what wow. it is. I'm, I'm pretty well steeped in these pagan uh, symbols because I love them. Yeah. I, I was going to say that. I love evergreen wreaths because it's everlasting life in a circle. So it, it's talking about the cycle of life, but it's also the hope in the middle of winter. The, the only thing that's green in the winter is the evergreen branch. Make it into a circle. You're making a pretty serious uh, you know, mythological comment on the world, right? Bring a candle inside when it's pitch black at 4 o'clock in the evening. You're saying something about hope. You're saying something about something that is true even when there is darkness around you. And I think that is why those things get glommed together with the nativity because in the in the darkness of what can sometimes be the human struggle to make meaning out of the world, the idea would be that God became flesh to show a better way. And to me, that better way is one that walks with the poor, that has a handout constantly for those who are on the margins. So like the Samaritan woman who would otherwise be considered exiled from the community, was embraced and made the, one of the first evangelists. Um, that is a better way. And that is what we celebrate in terms of the nativity. Uh, and that would be the light in the darkness for me. I was going to say that lights on a tree are pretty. Yeah. And Jesus also pretty. was pretty. So also pretty. there's Jesus your connection. Pretty. Both pretty. Jesus is <laughs> Jesus is man pretty. Have you ever seen a newborn? <laughs> Come on. Not pretty. Speaking of the newborn, do you think that we might be able to return uh, Christmas to its uh, more fundamental roots if Hasbro would just release a Tickle Me Jesus doll? Oh, my gosh. That'd be, <laughs> that would be so... Horrifying, horrifying. <laughs> yeah. The thing is, that they're going to release. A, but so it's going to be emblematic of the problem. You know what gonna, I mean? That would be it, right there. That would sum it up. I yeah, here's, here's why I won't like it mm. because Hasbro will probably make Jesus white. That's, that's true. That's why you don't like it. There's that's why so I don't much like else it. Wrong with that's it. What if that's what I don't what like it about it. What if they not, you cannot like a thousand a, things? Wait a minute. I don't like that. You about would it. like it better if it were a non-white tickle me Jesus. What if they just yeah. turned? Elmo, I would think that that would be revolutionary. Just turn Elmo that's into not Jesus. That's just just turn Elmo into Jesus. That's just candor coding. It's what, what? Elmo as Jesus. Yeah. You know he's uh, non-denominational, so far yeah. as I know. But he's not. He's not human. He has no race. Human. Yeah. Everybody could rally around Elmo's the new Jesus. Elmo's Elmo's the new post-consumerist Jesus. But what's Elmo's message? What is he telling us? Don't tickle me. Don't tickle me. I'm very ticklish. Well, it's by by like... I can't get behind Elmo Jesus. Respect boundaries. Respect boundaries. (laughs) Respect everyone's creed and religion. I like that. Elmo could be the... And if they're ticklish, do not tickle them. No. (laughs) Well, that's sort of like, you know, all these churches are getting behind like the safe church movements where you're not supposed to tickle anyone. That could be... I could see that. (laughs) I could see that. The The insurance companies would like... Don't tickle me. Well, let's switch gears. Let's, let's switch. Ge- let's switch gears a little bit. Speaking Next of these these new you did take us the, here, these new churches, I know, right. and I'm going to try to steer away. Okay. Uh, watch this awesome segue. I'm watching. Um, progressives in religion. Progressives in religion. Yeah, um, especially now that we're in this new Obama era, mm-hmm. you know, which is supposed to be post-partisan and post-division. And he's, in fact, invited Rick Warren to do the invocation at his inaugural, um, which has pissed off a lot of people, uh, especially in the progressive net roots and liberals in general. Um, 
how do you how do you reconcile? I guess I'll just ask you a bigger question. How do you reconcile religion and politics? Well, especially this new religion and where it might take us in this new politics that we're on the threshold. Can of. Can I just mention that? Uh, or if you Obama- or if you just want to take a stick to Rick Warren, go ahead. No, I don't. I want to just mention that Barack Obama is a member of the United Church of Christ, of which Plymouth is also a member. Uh, if Holla! you love, if you love Obama. Come to Plymouth. <laughs> that was shameless. Yes. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> well, what I reconciled, like, how are they divided? Like, I, I'm a political and spiritual person. My heroes are Jesus, Gandhi, Dr. King. Like, all those people are deeply steeped in their faith, and so they made a politic happen. So uh, I guess I don't understand, like, what the separation – I obviously don't want the United States to be ruled by a religion, you know, because I don't want any sort of exclusive – exclusive sort of nature and national religion, anything like that. But for me, it's all a part of the same part of my being. Yeah. I think that, I think that, hmm, this is an interesting one because you can, you can split it a lot of ways, but I think that religion at its best speaks to politics and it can do that in a lot of ways that are prophetic and it can do way, do it in ways that are Defend not the establishment. That or, defend the establishment. Or not that the establishment per se is a bad thing. I'm not pure anarchist, but I think that the you have to be very careful in, 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 in making those kind of prophetic speeches to the political world from the religious, but there's a role for it. I mean, sure. think about how Lawrence got founded, right? The abolitionists came out here. The Congregationalist abolitionists came out and founded Plymouth Church and established Lawrence, Kansas, as a political stand through their religious convictions that slavery was not correct. And does your church have a marketing department? Because you should head it up. That would be, <laughs> but seriously, I mean, Lawrence is here because Plymouth is here, and and the that motivated those abolitionists was their faith, you know. But it was a political. Can story. I ask you a question, Gavin? Sure. Like, where do you think Obama got the word hope? Oh, well, um, I do recognize that Obama is a very spiritual person and that uh, regardless of my own opinions about uh, wanting a hard and fast separation of church and state, it's never going to happen in this country. Um, That's not a division. I think – I mean it's not a – it's not a conflation of church and state to have uh, the religious people speaking to the political. Yeah, do I – when I – do I – am I not able to voice my religious – reasons for why i care about the poor like do i just have to say uh it's better for the world if we care about the poor like i can't talk about why it is that god calls me to do that and that's part of my function and purpose in life like in order for separation of church and state but what to about be all here. those quakers down there with the the end the war signs i mean are, right. they're, they're acting out of a, a peace church perspective but is right. that like i do that all, all the time on the but that's not that's not a conflation of church and state that's just them speaking the truth of their faith to the political realm yeah Although gavin I, I, what I, do you yeah, think well, yeah, actually yeah. Let, let me do a jujitsu move on you guys <laughs> okay well, well what do you think about rick warren speaking at obama's invocation and how he has supported proposition eight and mm-hmm. he is not virulently homophobic, but he has spoken he's out against... He's not the uh, image of the church well, that I want. Yeah. He's, he's, he's but, not what Obama well, came but from. But what, what do you think about someone like him who uh, represents what many consider a regressive approach uh, to civil rights mm-hmm. um, being so deeply involved in 
a presidential administration? Two things. Uh, one, I think it's a nod to Obama's promise to be bipartisan. I think it's a nod. And Rick Warren is a populist preacher. I mean, he is someone who, even though from the perspective of the UCC, which has taken out full-page ads in California saying we support you in opposing Proposition 8, is that correct? I mean, they are for it to have – whichever way is right. Rick, Rick, Rick Warren supported the passage of Proposition 8. So the, for the – Which, the, which would outlaw That was outlawing it. So, yeah. which, so that – to clarify, the UCC took out full-page ads in opposition to that, in support of the civil rights of gay, lesbian, uh, everybody to get married. Um that's on one side. So from that perspective, the UCC, yeah, Rick is way out there. But I think nationally, he's actually pretty moderate, and it it would be a nod to unity. So. I don't like moderate anything. I I was offended that I wasn't asked. <laughs> <laughs> I think I could stand for a principle of unity and reaching across the aisle. And doing what when you get there? Just shaking out. hands, yeah. giving hugs, Slapping spreading skin. the message of love. <laughs> I could do all those things. But Obama, you know what he did? He went for somebody who was like older, more established. and Moderate. It's sad. It's that's, sad. That's not change we can believe in. <sighs> well, that's not change you no. can believe in. But it's change that a lot of people can believe in who otherwise would have voted for Sarah Palin. I'm always going to want more, you know? Yeah. I'm not crying about Rick Warren. I mean, I want. I wish it was a symbol of unity, somebody who I thought embraced more people. Let's but just say I'd rather I have it's, Rick Warren praying at the inauguration than have Jesse Jackson praying at McCain's inauguration. Yeah. 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 Uh, <laughs> Cha-ching. Silver lining. Um, <laughs> speaking of people who we probably don't agree with, uh, Fred Phelps in the Westboro Baptist Church. Who can agree with him? Yeah. Uh, these, these, do, you, do we need to and, talk and, about this? And, and taking it back to uh, theology on tab, do you think do you think he would benefit from a good stiff drink at a gay bar? <laughs> are we at a gay so, bar? So are we? Are we are at the gay bar. Yeah. Awesome. That's what. Okay. Well, it depends on what night you go. Actually, Fred Phelps protested our church, and somebody in our youth group came up with this idea to raise money to contribute to gay liberation organizations for every minute that he was out there. So I love it. And then delivered the message. This is like a kid in the youth group. It's awesome. And so every minute that he was out there protesting, he was raising money against himself. I thought that was pretty, pretty interesting. Would he benefit from a stiff drink? Which, which, uh, uh, which from just, a stiff drink? I, well, I'm not going to answer that. I have that. a feeling he would just <laughs> get louder. <laughs> I think, I think uh, that him, if Fred him, came, him actually uh, being self defeating in his protesting and raising money against him uh, validates my theory that he is a closeted S and M freak and enjoys self flagellation. No. Yeah, yeah. I'm just not my gonna, own opinion. I'm not, I'm not gonna just go, my own opinion. I'm not going to go opinion. down that route. But I will say this, Fred, if you're out there listening, you too can come to Theology on Tap. You can't dominate the conversation, but you can participate, yeah. just like everyone else. Mm-hmm. And you'll get the big hand of love. Mm-hmm. Everyone's welcome. <laughs> the big hand of love. <laughs> the big hand of love. <laughs> As the, I reach across yeah, the yeah, aisle. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's... <laughs> The big, the big hand of love will be in the men's room, uh, third stall. Make sure you um, tap I'm a your pastor. foot. You can't. I can't be in the room when you're saying. Reach your it. hand under. You wave it. 
There's a window in the door. That's Josh. the hand of love. There's a window in the door. All right. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay, uh, while we're on the topic of pariahs. Um, All right. Pariah. Uh, let me take the Bill Maher approach. Uh, I am an Great. atheist. You're an atheist. Since you people believe in a bearded you man. I, 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 I protest yes. to the term you people. You people. <laughs> You people believe... I did not believe in a beard in the sky. (laughs) Gavin, you don't know what I believe in. Let's start right there. Gavin, you don't know what I believe in. You You have no idea. You're not not letting me finish the hypothetical. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Okay, (laughs) There's a beard and a wheel in the sky that keeps turning. And keeps on turning. Yeah. Um, And I think that since you believe in this this old man who lives on a cloud who enjoys Birkenstocks, you have a mental disability okay okay, pause wait prove me wrong i don't believe that yeah done (laughs) qed buddy like no that's not what i believe in okay um let me just use that i believe that there's a part of us that calls us to goodness so you fun. know, and that's what I call God. The I, don't, love of I don't actually believe that you believe well, in a bearded man and Birkenstock. <laughs> I mean, I, again, I said I'm taking the Bill Maher approach, but um, but speaking of atheism, it just seems to me that um, there's this debate about where religion should go in this country and how progressive uh, certain denominations are and how regressive other denominations are and how everybody's looking for religious unity in this country. However, nobody seems to be talking about the people who don't have religion in this country. I do it, it, it just all the seems, time. Well, I mean, and I'm not responsible for what's in the mass media. Yeah, I know. I know. But um, that belongs yeah, to the people guys who work in the mass media. You guys unfortunately are the mouthpieces for all religious institutions the in the world right now. We're what? You're yeah. the mouthpieces for every li- religious institution in the well, world not right, gonna, now. Not right, like now, right, right now. Right now, right here. Right now. They're yes. not going to like okay. that. Yeah, um, so, I'm ready. Um, you are? Yes. You're bearing that weight on your shoulders. Okay. Um, it just seems like, especially in this country, that uh, a Scientologist is more likely to be elected president than an atheist. And why do you think there is such stigma in this country, anyway, against people who don't have To be a faith. person of yes. no religion? Yes. Arrogant, like the arrogant uh, vision and uh, mentality... Uh, that Christianity had with it during the colonial area era. Yeah. Sorry, <laughs> during the colonial, <laughs> that, that colonial era. era. This is an area yeah. that was colonized you, by an arrogant era of Christianity, which has as a remnant. Waxed. Sorry, uh, which has as its remnant right yeah. uh, some vague sense of like we're better than Church, you. It's cultural dominion is what it is. This is what happens when religion becomes uh, imperial. This is what was wrong yeah. with Rome during the biblical times, and that what, is why the co-optation of Christianity by a capitalist megastate is yeah. a problem. Yeah. And it's very difficult to be a Christian in this context. Uh, Starts with, like, Constantine in 313. It became the religion of you the want, state. But, okay, right? So it needs it needs to be done. I think that there needs to stop being the conflict between the atheists and the spiritualist or whatever you want to call people. Uh Essentially, I, I don't. Anyhow, I'm not trying to get you to believe anything. To me, I understand it as like an orientation. Like I am oriented towards experiencing the world as sacred and experiencing people as sacred. The terminology that best expresses what I feel, I've found in philosophers and theologians. So that's how that's how I approach the world. That I certainly don't think that makes me 
better than you because you don't believe in God. Now, I might be better than you if I can beat you in arm wrestling. <laughs> you know, I might be better than you if I can liberate more people. I don't know. There might be other measures, but I'm not going to say that because I believe in God. Like, that's just an orientation difference to me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, so would you say that atheists are welcome at Theology on Tap? Of course. Absolutely. 100%. Is Paul Marecki an atheist? I believe so. Yeah. So I think we have very educated, uh, well, we have articulate people of course, representing that Of course, it's that called Theology on, ta- on right. Tap, not... But you know what? The it's thing, a question about it, who God it, is. It's right. not called Atheist Jesus or welcome. Bust. Well, but, you know, <laughs> but, okay, think about this. I mean, ecology is the study of, you know, the thought about the ecos, you know, about the household of biology in, in our environment. Theology yeah, it's, it's is theology, the, question of God. The, the question of God. I think that an atheist would be a very apt member of a group talking about the nature of God or the fact of God or the question of God. I mean, I think atheists like Richard Dawkins or whoever like serve a great purpose in deconstructing an image of God that's wrong. Like, I want to help atheists as much as possible to get rid of this false image of God that's out there, mm-hmm. Right. But then, because that, because I think it's a problem, because everybody looks at me and thinks I believe in a beard in the sky, and I'm like, "Are you kidding me? I'm not <laughs> still in kindergarten, and even when I was in kindergarten, that's not the God that I was taught to believe in." So, you know uh, what? You know what? I, I even if you did believe in a bearded man in the sky, as long as you believe in a white bearded man in the sky, <laughs> you're okay with me. <laughs> you, you, you heard I how I felt about your Elmo Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> as long as he's not white, it's yes. okay. Yeah. Um, but to sort of wrap it up. Um, wrap it up, buttercup. Wrap it up. Um, <laughs> taking it back to Theology on Tap as an entity and as an activity. Yeah. Um, Event. It's a good time. Yeah. Um, do you ever get any sort of pushback from maybe the stuffier uh, amongst your congregation about going out and getting sauced and talking about the Bible? No, they love it. Yeah? Actually, yeah. I was a little worried about it. Like, I thought maybe people would be like, oh, Josh. What are you up to? You? But they nobody, nobody, no, fact, everybody thinks it's fine. I guess so. Fact, like we a, I, one we're of not the, getting sauced exactly. No, I mean, I have seen I mean, somebody over sauced. Yeah, <laughs> it's like five thirty to seven. Like nobody, nobody sauced. I mean, we're, we are using our mouths to speak also mm-hmm. during that time period. So you know, it's actually impossible to get too sauced in an hour and a half. But uh, without being on a mission, which I'm typically that's not my mission. There, you yeah. know. Uh, if people have too much of the uh, the Jesus juice, yeah, do you think that that actually the wine? Yeah, that that inspires more open discussion. I think yes, yeah, well, yes, that's part of the <laughs> idea. Here. Yeah, think about when I was okay. When I was in okay, when I was in divinity school, we definitely had our best conversations over a beer after class, right? Not in the classroom. Yeah. We had some good conversations there, but stuff really flows when you kind of mix the social together with the serious, and I think. A lot of people could probably reflect that in their own experience. You have good yeah. conversations about life over a beer sometimes, and it's a good place to do it. You stop being afraid of arguing with people. You'll start saying what you really think before you have thought it through, you know? And that will lead to a good conversation, and just yeah, like any other conversation yeah. about life. Mm. So I think it's. I've actually had transformational moments there. Like, I mean, but it's <clears throat> mostly a relationship. Like, it'll start about a topic, and then you'll have the way that you interact with another person about it. And I've had I've had moments that changed me because of that, and changed other people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you know what? The thing that it can work. It's not anti-Christian. Yeah. To drink a beer and read the Bible. No, absolutely not. I mean, think about the wedding at Cana, man. 
Yeah. I mean, Jesus didn't turn the wine into water, so everyone could... Anyway. Um, <laughs> but the... You want to wrap it up? No, no, no. Um, water into wine, well, I think is what you meant. No, uh, she was no, saying was that saying the Jesus oh, said, didn't oh, turn the wine, did into water wine into water and say have a party anyway. I've already had a few. Sorry. This is mostly scotch in my coffee cup. Oh, wow. Um, but but it, it's wanna, not yet noon. I want to this comment out there real quickly, too. Because yeah. we, uh, while we do have conversations that are broadly about God and life, we also do have a focus that is looking at Scripture. One of the reasons we do that is this, uh, that in the church... In the United Church of Christ in particular, we have a hard time using Scripture to explain ourselves because it's often, um, we find, I don't know, it's hard for us to connect with the texts sometimes when they've been so heavily trodden by other people who've used them for reasons that we would disagree with. You know what I mean? What she's trying to say is there are a lot of people who've been beat up by the Bible and told what the Bible yeah, who are who are involved in our congregation? So right, and if we can find a way to use it and talk about it, and reclaim kind of bring, it. Yeah, bring reclaim it. I love that word. And so, dig out the skeletons from the closet and look at the text and reclaim it for our own lives. That's that's a piece of what we're doing. So that's why it's a Bible study yeah. at the bar. Right. Has anybody ever actually been literally been beat up with the Bible, especially if they've had too many to drink? It's like, I disagree with your reading of Leviticus, not and then at, a Bible fight breaks out. Not just at like theology on death, they okay. and right. they would never be. Okay. <laughs> right. That would, that would be too a much of a flash game, actually, Bible fight. Yeah. It's like throwing Bibles from across the bar. Um, not going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> jo- Josh looks a little excited, actually. So, ooh. <laughs> Maybe. Um, no. yeah, you, get to see, you get to see me in action. Yeah. I get, yeah, yeah, I get to see. Like, I get to see your curveball. Um, favorite drink, Valerie. Oh, um, I like uh, just as you know, just a beer. Just a beer. I, I would like. I like uh, the uh, was it the New Belgium stuff they have on. Mm, yeah. Oh, the two sixteen sixty four. Not bad, right? Yeah. You know, the ninety shillings my favorite, but I don't think they that's make. Good. They don't. It's an Odell, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. That's my favorite. That's a, sorry, is it Harbor Light? Sorry, Henry's. Okay. <laughs> they probably have it in a bottle. Maybe. Ask for it. I don't think it's on tap. Uh, Josh, favorite drink, cocktail, and or beer? Dirty martini. Dirty martini. Grey Goose vodka. Perfect. Always spills a little on his shoe on the way to the table. <laughs> 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 the Reverend Joshua Longbottom. Thank you. Thank you very much. Valerie Miller-Coleman. Thank you very much for joining us you. here at Lawrence.com and discussing Theology on Tap, which meets every Thursday at Henry's Upstairs. 530 to 7. God bless you guys for coming. Oh, <laughs> you too, buddy. Same goes. <laughs>